Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The biggest question posed is, are we able to model ourselves through engagement in everyday Life, being honest, clever, and lighthearted, and inspire others despite the state of what some would call a divided nation. Well, this person, this wonderful soul that we have on our show today, who is a guest, he was given the review that through his writing, he is a gifted storyteller. He is known for being raw. Rawly honest and very clever and has the ability to amuse and inspire. Tom Corbett is here with us today. So stay tuned and join us for this wonderful interview. Hello, my people, my people. Welcome back to another great and fabulous show. And we are back once again with another outstanding guest that I am just glad to be with and it's certain to do honor and pleasure uh, to be with the wonderful Tom Corbett uh, who is a senior scientist and an affiliate of the Institute for Research on Poverty at the University of Wisconsin-Madison where he served as an associate and acting director for a decade before his retirement. He received a doctorate in social welfare from the University of Wisconsin and taught various social policy and program evaluation courses for many years. During his long academic and policy career, he consulted with the government at the local, state, and national levels, where he also was in Washington, D.C., where he helped develop President Clinton's welfare reform legislation. He has written dozens of articles and reports on poverty, social policy, and human services issues, and given hundreds of talks across the nations on these topics. His earlier works not included, but it's not limited to the policy interaction, evidence-based policy making, the other side of the world, and return to the other side of the world. And then he has about over six books and counting. And then he has some new projects that he's going to introduce us to as well. So right here in Zoom with me, if you are watching, it's Tom Corbett. How's it going, Tom? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, this, this guy sounds kind of interesting. I'd like to meet him someday. <laughs> well, we're not far away, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know. The guy that you introduced sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you was, if if I was enthused, if, you know, if you if you got the, if I had to run away from a, a, a deer, you know, a, a very vicious deer, I could make it to Madison. <laughs> there you go. We're neighbors. We are neighbors. Yeah. yeah, so that's the way I like to always like the word to people. You know, so you you had quite the bit of journey, indeed, and you know, and it's it's something I like to always ask people. You know, yeah, we 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 on this transformation journey here. You know, we all are, and uh, it never stops. Uh, and you you, you quite you, you went quite through the transformation. So thinking about where you are right now, you know, uh, how how what led you to where you are right now, and how how did you get there? 
It's a good question. Actually, an interesting question for me, at least. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I, I grew up in a working class neighborhood in Massachusetts. Um, everyone wanted to be, uh, you know, when they were real young, wanted to be a, an athlete or a firefighter or a soldier or something like that. And I wanted to, I wanted to write, you know, I mean, and no one else in my neighborhood, we just, you know, it was, it was a rough and tumble neighborhood. Wanted to write. That was that was very strange. But as I grew into adulthood, um, I thought, well, you know, you know, that's a long shot. I really would like to eat three squares a day and have a roof over my head. So I did. I went a more practical route and became this academic slash policy one. And it was a great career. I, when I even when I retired, I, my retirement, uh, I said, you know. Uh, what did I do in my professional career? I flew around the country and I worked with the best and the brightest on some of the most difficult social challenges that we face. And they paid me to do that. I mean, how, how great does that get? But always in the back of my mind, I wanted to get back to that early dream. And right. so now when I, after retirement, I had an opportunity uh, to do that. And so I, started writing personal books, books for me, not academic books. And I found that I loved it. And so, it, and they, they just keep flowing up. <laughs> yeah. That's quite interesting. It, you know, so that, that, that you, you kind of answered the question. And so it might, it might, it's going to sound kind of redundant, you know, but you know, I think a lot of people want to know, you know, does any of your professional experience at all, you know, ever exhibit itself in, in any of your work? You know, because you, you kind of touched it a little bit by saying that, you know, what you write now is kind of more for yourself. But, you know, but you got quite the experience and, you know, and I, I'm quite astonished. And, you know, and um, like I said, it's, it's an honor just to, to, you know, be able to talk to you. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, it. Quite a bit. I really have more than one genre that I've written. I have some memoirs and for like, you know, confessions of a wayward academic. Uh, and it's, uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Those are really based on my past experiences. Right. Confessions of a wayward academic really describes my policy career. And so it's mm -hmm. drawn on that, although it's written in a very light way so that the average person the average person could read it and enjoy it. You don't have to be a geek or a policy one to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Goes back to my Peace Corps days in the 1960s. I talked about my group struggling in India to try. And we were kind of the screw ups, but we did our best. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's funny and it's insightful and it's sad and it has all, all kinds of emotions attached to it. So those are drawn from my experiences, but even in my um, fictional work right and i just finished another fictional piece uh, i have a lot of commentary about politics uh mm -hmm. about social problems and challenges and so forth and i use my long experience to mm. to uh to draw upon you know struggling with some of these you know problems that we've never quite solved yes so yeah, and I think every I think most writers do that. I I uh we don't stray too far from what we know. And uh and neither do I. 
I think that's the safe spot, you know, and I, I think that's the way to to further just mature also with what you know too and just become become that authority in what you know too. So I, I think what you're doing is just quite 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 inspiring nonetheless. We were talking on the other side too about what you're doing now with with the direction you, you've been going in for a while, quite some time. What is that exactly? Just curious to know. Oh, what what is what exactly? I'm sorry. Uh, the new projects. Oh, the new project. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, oddly enough, there are two, but the one that, that that's going to be out probably in a few weeks is the third volume of a trilogy, and and it's called. The new one is called Felicitous Fates. Oh. They're all alliterative, but Felicitous, Felicitous Fates followed uh, a book called Ordinary Obsessions. And the first was uh, a, a book called Papable Passions. So it, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I, I had an idea kind of drawn from, the, you know, some images of, um, Things that were happening in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 several years ago, a woman was shot in the head because she was advocating young that young girls get educated. Right. She became a kind of a international hero, uh, Malala. Uh, yeah. Her first name. She was a very famous. Book. Well, I had that image, and uh, I started writing a book about some fictional characters who were facing the same struggles in Afghanistan, and then uh, and then I. Uh, so I'm in opposition to them. I had an American family uh, that was uh, very rich. The father was a right-wing zealot, but his children broke away. And these two families get together. They, they, they merge. Um, but you find some common struggles that each has right. in dealing with their culture. The cultures are very different, but they have some some very similar challenges that they have to overcome. And um, uh, so initially it was going to be one book. <laughs> when I finished it, I thought, I love these characters. <laughs> and there's more to say. <laughs> so it became two books. And now, now it, I, you know, I, I, and I started back in 2001, roughly the time when uh, we were attacked by uh, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Uh, and then the you know there was a response where the United States and Britain you know went into Afghanistan to uh, dislodge the Taliban, and it came came all the way up. And so the third volume, Felicitous Face, ends on Election Day of 2020. That's mm. the, the day before the election of 2020. Yeah. So it brings it up to the current time. So if if I if I if there is going to be a volume four, I'm going to have to sort of go into the future, but. That's uh, it, um, you know I don't know what it sounds like if someone's out there listening, but the characters are very deep, and they're uh, and there's a lot of intertwined stories on many levels, and uh, it's given me a great vehicle to talk about some of the things yeah. that I've thought about over the years, and to uh, but you know I, I've had a few friends re you know read it uh, the, the last one, 
And uh, one of them said to me, oh, my God, you killed off this character. Oh, how terrible. I love that character. <laughs> People get really involved. Yeah, they, uh, they really get attached to the characters. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I know I've definitely read, uh, read, read a lot of books like that. And I said, man, why? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> too late now you, you can't undo it <laughs> yeah you can't undo it so yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah and that's the type of uh work we're looking for and so it's very timely you know it sounds like in, in what you did you kind of rolled the rolled the wave of of the decade here of uh just uh what we've been going through as as a global community uh, and, absolutely you know yeah. so to be able to bring that uh bring that to bring that home and and to bring that into the reader's imagination, um, I think that's, that's I think that's really commendable, and we we thank you for that. That's really inspiring to to have that, and because it, what it does, it, I think um, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. You it sounds like you wanted to uh, both you know get people out of out of the reality, but also just give them a sense like, hey, you know, this is still real. You know what's going on on the outside too. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about very serious issues. I mean, there's this, you know, I bring in the pandemic. I bring in the Harvard City, right? The politics, you know, the Trumpism, the right wing politics, the whole, I mean, it's all in there. It's all in the, you know, and so there were very serious issues, international tensions, cultural conflicts, all those things. But I do it in a way, hopefully, that the, the readers are entertained. I mean, it brings them along. So they, they get caught up in the story, but they also try to communicate some very serious right. content. Very seriously. Make people yeah. think. That's fabulous. You know, I would like to return back to that. You know, this there's a one question that, you know, I'm I'm quite, you know, quite curious about is that, you know, about you being able to just tell us like maybe just one highlight from your professional experience that may maybe other people might not know, you know. And because, like, again, you you got just about the wealth of knowledge, you know, just kind of sitting sitting right here on Zoom with me. So, so I, I know there's something we could pull from you. Well, if you want to get a feel for my my professional endeavors, I would uh, I, I would strongly suggest you, you you take a look at Confessions of a Wayward Academic because it does. Yeah. Trace. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when we really cared about poor people. All right, uh, it used to be, uh, and I worked at a think tank. I mean, that's why I, I ran a think tank on poverty and social policy issues at the university. But I remember when we uh, really cared about poverty and trying to solve that issue. We, and so that really traces, from my my own perspective, the transition transformation from the uh, from the war on poverty to more or less the war on the poor, where they became scapegoated for yeah. a lot of uh, social issues, and um, and how you know all that all that you know sort of sort of transpired. But I spent a lot of time um, working, uh, not just staying in the, in the in academia, but getting out, working with states, working. Going up to Canada, you know, consulting there, spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. Um, so I was always transitioning between the academic world, of, you know, the world of thinking and 
Reese. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Search and the practical world, the world of doing. And to me, that was the most exciting thing about, about, about my career. But, you know, in other ways, it was, uh, it was also very frustrating because, you know, you you expected to solve some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you expected success, you were going to be bitterly disappointed. So you had to take the small victories where you could um, and, and be satisfied with that. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I would would have done anything differently. Um, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, I had a chance to, to work with really smart people, not only academics, but government people, you know, right. people in the foundation world, think tanks, and people working on the front lines. There were some really creative, good people doing things, working directly with people. And uh, unlike a lot of my colleagues at the university, I enjoyed being with them. And I learned a lot from that. So uh, it was, it, that was very you know, satisfying. I don't know if that answered your question. But. That answers a lot. You know, there's a lot of lessons um, that, you know, you just pointed out there, you know, too, and a, a lot of a lot of uh, wisdom uh, gems that, that was kind of like Easter egg in there. Uh, so just, just that importance of like, you know, uh, you know, I, I can see where it kind of like, you know, really uh, poured into like just uh, who you are as a person. Uh, so uh, great, you know, great, 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 um, great response to this. I would, I would also just point out one other thing when you said who I am as a person. Probably my most popular book <laughs> is my personal memoir. It was called yeah. Confessions of a Clueless Rebel that, that really talks about my early years growing up in the post-World War II period, you know, 50s mm-hmm. and 60s, you know, and being a young revolutionary, that kind of thing. And uh, it, it's very funny, but it also, and it, you know, and I think it's it's got like uh, from Amazon reader reviews, I'm like 4.9 out of five stars. I mean, people really love it. And they, you know, they laugh and they cry and they, you know, I guess, I guess, I mean, at least that's, that's the reports I get back. But that's, a, that's probably been my most popular book. But um, uh, this trilogy is also very popular, too, particularly Ordinary Obsessions uh, was the second volume. That was like 4.8 out of 5 stars. So people like it. I mean, I, and that's, that's the satisfaction of being a writer uh, is when you reach people and you touch them. And, you know, I, I wish I could reach more, but I'll take what I can get and, uh, and be satisfied with that. So, again... The, you know, I've, I've written stuff that it, what I what I call crossover books. They're kind of yeah. serious, uh, but not so serious that an average person can't read them. Mm-hmm. And then I have the pure fictional ones. But even in the fiction, fictional works, uh, I I try to communicate serious lessons. And I also have I still do occasionally an academic book. That's another new project. It'll be coming out early next year. 
and that's called Evidence-Based Policymaking. It's the second edition of a book that my colleague and I wrote back in 2010. This one's a lot better, though. <laughs> At least from the, from the first reviews that we've gotten, it's really awful. But yeah, I, uh, it's listen, during the pandemic, what else are we going, am I going to do? Except, right? <laughs> yeah, you, there's plenty of time for that. So <laughs> plenty of time, plenty of time for writing, plenty of time for reading, you know, if you, you know, if you're not, you know, tied up with anything else. So, you know, so like, yeah, I, I think we're going to get some of the, some of the best of the, uh, of the best out of Tom Corbett here. So, uh, so like I'm, I'm looking for, looking forward to the treats that you got coming for us. So, so like, out of out of all of your books that, that you that you have or any other uh, other things coming out, uh, where, where 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 should we start first? You know, is there a particular place we should start first, or that you recommend? Well, um, if you, if it, if it basically into fiction, um, you can you, you can you can maybe you can start with you can start with a book called Casual Choices, which is just a it's a single volume, and uh, but it's again a story of a of a fellow in the nineteen sixties who has to make a existential choice, right. uh, and, he, and he and he flees to Canada, and the, and the story picks up when he's retiring, because um, uh, you know because he was opposed to the war in the Vietnam mm-hmm. War, and it's the it's all about the choices we make in life and the consequences of those choices. The other of the trilogy, one I, I've already talked about, uh, starts with palpable passions, goes to ordinary obsessions, and when it's just coming out, felicitous fates. A really intricate story on many levels, great character development, uh, you know, uh, even, you know, I, I guess some initial feedback from some people who read the, the last one, they, it's a, they say it's a page turner. They all are page turners. So those are good, good ones to go. If you want something a little bit more serious, uh, or if you want, if you like memoirs, uh, Confessions of a Clueless Rebel is sort of my early life. And, uh, Confessions, I mean, and it seemed like a good idea at the time, the story of my group's Peace Corps, uh, uh, efforts in the 1960s in India. And that's, they're, they're, those stories are funny and they're right. insightful and they're, you know, and some of them are, are also sad, the range of emotions, but there's a lot of humor in it. And then there's like what I call the crossover books, like Confessions of a Wayward Academic and Confessions mm-hmm. of a, of an Accidental Scholar. They're more serious. Uh, but, uh, they, they also, uh, are, can be read by lay people. So you have your choice. You can go the memoir route. You can go the fictional route, or you can go the more serious route. I have books for all three. Yeah, you got you got you got the flavor of the of the day, you know, like ice like right. ice cream. So <laughs> I got so it covered. Work, it works. It works out. <laughs> so, right. uh, so I, what? Speaking of, you know, some some of the reviews you get and uh, some some things that people say. Uh, what one person said of your writing is that you are a gifted story writer, uh, storyteller, uh, raw honesty and cleverness, and you know, you you get things that. Uh, amuses and inspires on where did you get this from and, and how is important is it to write it this way? Well, m- most of, most of those comments, I mean, I do have, um, 
a number of, of reviews from places like Kirkus and, you know, other, you know, formal, you know, review ent- entities. But the ones that I really like are the reader reviews, you know, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, because those are real people. And I, and that's where I learn. Uh, I, I, I learned something from, from reading those reviews. And so most, most, a lot of the things like, like, like blurbs in the book now come from readers, people that I don't know. And they read the book and, and they, they comment. Uh, and those are the people that I like reaching and, and people that I learn from. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to, you know, really sh- shape around like your, your audience and really just, you know, spoon feed them and give them what they, what they want. I, I think a lot of uh, other aut- uh, authors wouldn't be that sensible. They just keep writing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it's a tricky thing because you don't you don't want to be. Uh, uh, it's not always good to be totally responsive I mean, because you can sacrifice what's meaningful to you. So right. and I, I was just dealing with that because a friend of mine just sent me a manuscript to read and I read it. And he was asking some questions about, should I do it this way or that way? And I knew he was trying to think about it in terms of what's going to sell or what's, what's going to be you know, popular. And I said to him, don't sacrifice what you want to say, you know, yeah. for, just to uh, maybe increase sales a little bit. It's uh, yeah. You have to be authentic to yourself in the end. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, with 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 some with so little time running left here, you know, I, I definitely want to get some 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 of these other questions in. Uh, there's a, a a question that you know I, I like to always turn to uh, some of some of my authors and ask because we 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 turn to turn to you guys, you know, when in, in when time when we are in times like this, you know, uh, to give us hope, to give us motivation, to give us inspiration. Uh, you know, we want to know uh, how we can. You know, stay, just stay, um, you know, lifted up in times like this. So what what do you think is going to be our biggest challenge going into the next part of this century? And, and, and how what you have written can maybe help inspire or elevate, uh, well, alleviate, uh, alleviate some of the anxiety that many people might have? Uh, I wish I had a, an easy answer to that one. Obviously, I, I don't, but. The, um, you know, there, 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 there are the classic challenges that we know are down the road, like climate change yeah. and so forth. And the great inequalities we have in society that, that are at levels that we haven't seen in many, many decades. Um, but, um, but the one that I think has been pounded into us in the, over, with the election in the last four years is a great cultural divide we have within the United States there, you see, you know, people didn't change their minds between 2016 and 2020. The signs were not rigid. And, uh, I, you know, I don't have enough time to go into, I mean, I talk about this in, in my, in my trilogy a lot. I don't have time to go into it now, but, um, but I think somehow starting to communicate again, uh, yeah. uh, across these groups that have developed in American society. Um, you know, I, I've seen families split up, friendships erode because we see the world differently. We look at 
different outlets to get our information. Um, we have different visions of what a good society is. And if we can't deal with that, then the country's in, in, in big trouble. And uh, yeah. it's like the old Abraham Lincoln thing, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And uh, I think we're facing that now. That's well put. Uh, so, you know, if if you can say anything else uh, to the audience that, you know, maybe you feel like you didn't say earlier on or, uh, you know, what would that be? And, you know, and, um, and and then after that, just maybe just tell us where we can find the books. So. Right. Um, well, keep the faith. I mean, really, uh, it's uh, it, it, as bad as things seem now. And I think in many ways, you know, we've been through a, a real trauma recently, politically and socially. If you look at things objectively, the world's a lot better off than it was a century ago. I mean, if you really looked at the level of violence that existed a century ago around the globe, we are making progress. Sometimes it's hard to see on a day-to-day basis, but it's happening. So that's, that's one good positive thing to end on. And my books, uh, I have to update the website, but the website is www.booksbytomcorbett.com. And that will give you information on all but the most recent uh, uh, publications. And I'm going to work on getting that updated shortly. Perfect. Well, well thanks a lot, Tom. T- today has been quite a delight talking to you. You definitely have, you know, um, given me, you know, some inspiration in my life today. You know, it's always, you know, quite, quite the honor uh, to be able to talk with someone like you. You know, we look to to, to the elders, you know, in times like this. And uh, we really appreciate you so much for all you do uh, with all the authority you write on. Uh, so, uh, so with that said, I, I will close the show here. You just hold tight here and we'll be right with you. Um, so, hey, as usual, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, all the pleasure. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, right now I got some call to action for you. The website's been left. On uh, the website, you can find also an episode recording here that you can find in the description title part of this episode recording link. You'll find it down at the bottom to the left or the right or above, however, it's pictured to you. I want you to take that and share that around. Uh, share it you know, and use it for yourself as well. And we would definitely like to support Tom in every fashion possible as he do have new projects coming up. Uh, and check out a lot of those old projects. There's every flavor of the day, as I put it earlier. So uh, don't forget to check out uh, this podcast recording. Replay it back a couple of times. If you missed anything at all, it definitely have been inspiration for myself. It would be an inspiration to you or someone else you know. So do pass it along as well. Until next time, I'm your host, Marcus Hart. Many blessings, peace, and lots of love. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Transform You Live show. We do this every Wednesday, of course, with some many interviews in between times. So don't forget to share. Check us out at Transform You Broadcast. That crime is Transform. I love you, broadcast.com or transformyou.us. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 